listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What's up, everyone? It's your host, Chris Rosvogel, and welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boo Crew Media and Level Water. Level Water is a New Orleans-based alkaline water that goes through 11 stages of purification and is infused with bioavailable minerals to deliver superior taste and hydration. For the month of July, try Level Water today by visiting levelwaterco.com slash BKM and use our code BKM9PH, all caps for that, for a free t-shirt with a purchase of your case. Now, it's exciting episode of straight up saints because we actually have some hard news in the sense that actual reports coming out with this team and with training camp just a week away it's gonna continue to ramp up in that case and the first thing that people were really talking about was Quan alexander what's going to happen in that regard and that's because adam Schefter puts out a report that Quan was visiting with the saints today and obviously saints fans have been asking for a potential reunion for quite some time i can't tell you the amount of times that someone hops in my dms and says hey chris do you think that Quan?" is going to come back to the Saints. And every time I'm like, hey, you know, I'd like to see it, but I don't know. And that's just because I was being honest with you guys. But now it seems like it's a legit possibility. So I'll talk about that, the pros and maybe the minor con, although I, I really don't think it's that big, but I'll talk about the pros and cons to a potential Quan Alexander reunion in just a second. And then I want to get to a Saints player who I, I think you guys are pretty high on, but I want to talk about why I believe that player is going to have a big season this year. And then my last one, and it's kind of a little take on a Marvel what if. What if the QB battle between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston doesn't go the way that we think it might? All that coming up on this episode of Straight Up Saints. So while you guys are watching, if you want to drop in comments, questions, concerns, drop them in and I'll get to them. What's going on, guys? If you any, you know, put them in there, I'll get them on the screen and we'll keep it going. But let's get into the first thing. Let's talk about Quan Alexander and the New Orleans Saints because that is a topic that everyone has been talking about. And now, if Quan does sign with the Saints, there is no timetable for his potential return to the gridiron, what his role would be like. Because remember, the Saints did add uh, Pete Werner in the draft. They did invest resources over the last couple of drafts, actually, at the linebacker position. Now, it hasn't really worked, but they have actually put in resources. Now, what's Quan's status looking like? Well, Brendan Ertle from the Canal Street Chronicles, great work over there. Follow him on Twitter if you haven't already. He actually spoke to Quan's trainer literally about like an hour after the news came out that Quan was visiting with the Saints. And he said, and I quote, Quan's been looking incredible, no restrictions, stronger and arguably faster and more explosive than ever. He's ready to go. Now, obviously, you know, you're going to have a Quan Alexander trainer give you a ringing endorsement, something great and say, hey, look, he's stronger than ever. He looks better than ever. Now, is that a fair thing to go off of? Probably not, because obviously it's a little bit of a biased opinion, but it, you could see from the videos, Quan does not look like a guy who tore his Achilles on Christmas Day. I mean, heck, if most of us tore our Achilles on Christmas Day, we still would be having trouble walking. This guy is out there making tough cuts, doing everything particularly well, and I think that he's going to be a interesting addition if the Saints do bring him back because their linebacker room looks a little bit different. So let's talk about what the Saints might look like if they bring in Quan, whether they should bring back Quan, and if they do, how does this shape out a linebacking corps that did add Pete Werner in the second round of the NFL draft? So let's jump into that. For starters, guys, here's my take on Quan, and I know it's going to sound rather elementary, but it's just the way I view it. I wouldn't mind a Quan Alexander Saints reunion in the sense that he brings great energy to the locker room. He's a guy that has that high upside because of his athletic ability and what he can do from sideline to sideline. Remember us Saints fans for years 
we've been asking to have that type of linebacker and it hasn't really worked out, whether it's the James Laurinaitis's or the Alex Anzalone's of the world. They didn't really have that. Now, Quan does have some downside in the fact that because he is so athletically gifted, there are things that the Saints are willing to give up in terms of him missing the gap or him making a misread because his athletic gifts, I mean, he can make a big play at any moment and you kind of live with the bad because you know the highs are very good. So there's that give and take with him. However, you look at Quan and you say, all right, if he comes in on a role player basis, that's not the worst thing in the world. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to sit there and say, well, Chris, we saw what he could do last year. He looked pretty damn good. Why would you say just as a role player? Well, the reason I say that is, is because when we look at Quan Alexander, guys, we have to be a little realistic about what we've seen in terms of health. This has nothing to do about the player. This has nothing to do about the talent. Just strictly from a health perspective, unfortunately, Quan Alexander has not been able to stay healthy. You have the 2018 ACL injury. You have the 2019 torn pec and then 2020 torn Achilles. And they've all been major injuries, which makes it that much worse for a guy like him who is explosive and who can make great plays. If you can't stay on the field and to make matters worse, they continue to be a season ending injury here, a season ending injury there. And a lot of them being lower body injuries to a guy who really plays off his speed and being able to burst, whether it's because of his hips or because of just his speed, not having that, that lower half of your body, just constantly taking hits could be a factor. So if Quan Alexander can't really stay necessarily healthy for 16 games, a 17 game season, I don't think it's fair to rely on him as a full-time starter. However, you bring in Quan and you're saying that he's going to be a potential role player where, Hey, on third down, you can get him in there and, and passing situations. You want him on the field and he's going to take snaps away from Zach Vaughn or Caden Ellis or Chase Hansen. Okay. I think that is something that really does help this football team because yet again, it's another piece. It's another guy that when we look at the depth issues that the saints have, okay, he's back on the roster. So you don't really worry about that. So that is a plus the downside to bringing back Quan, And I don't think it's really that much of a downside because it all comes down to coaching is does he take away snaps from guys who maybe could develop this year or guys who the Saints have invested a lot in? And, and I think this is kind of a, obviously this is a subjective take in here, and this comes down to what your opinion is of Zach Bond, what your opinion is of Pete Werner, but the Saints back-to-back years use a day two pick on a linebacker. Either you have to start coming to, you know, coming to terms with the fact that you have not drafted that position well, which is a fact, or you got to start, re, you know, you know, I, I want to say invest even more time and more research into just developing the prospects who you drafted. So you guys ask, if Quan gets re-signed, does he battle for a spot? At today, the way things stand, I would say no. I think Pete Warner's going to start alongside Demario Davis, and that would really be your one-two punch at linebacker. And I'm actually in the minority of the sense that I think Pete Warner's a better football player than people give him credit for. Is he going to shine like Quan Alexander and make that play that takes our breath away? I don't think so. But is he going to be in the right place at the right time and perhaps make a consistent play here, a consistent play there? I think that's very possible. Now, that doesn't mean Quan can't see the field if Quan gets signed. This doesn't mean that Pete Werner and Zach Bond are safe just because the Saints drafted them. But I think the Saints need to start getting answers on these high investment picks that they've made or else you're just blowing uh, day two draft capital every single year at the same position. And I can speak for myself and only myself, but I'm sure some of you feel the same way. It would be incredibly frustrating if for back-to-back years, the Saints burn a pick on linebacker. Now, all that being said, guys, I still want the Saints to go after Quan Alexander and sign him because I do think, one, the money's not going to be great, so you're not worrying about breaking the bank here. Two, it's a short-term investment with more of a prove-it type deal to it. And three, 
like we always say, he brings great energy. You like what he, what he, you know, that camaraderie he has with Demario Davis, and he's just a great fit. And it's not easy to just come in and immediately just, you know, the light clicks and everything goes on, and you're just a seamless transition with that defense. But that's kind of what he had with Dennis Allen and the Saints. So I would be for a Quan, a Quan Alexander reunion. However, I think we just need to turn back our expectations just a tad because I do think that if Quan Alexander does come back to the Saints, his role not might not be as great as it was for that few game stretch that he had, albeit he was really fun to watch with the Saints. But yes, I agree. What Quan and Demario had and what Quan had with the Saints, it was great to see they're on the same page and hopefully that can continue going into the 2021 season. Now, before I get into what I really want to talk about, and it's the Saints quarterback battle and what's going on and what might happen there, I want to very quickly just jump into a player who I think is going to take that next step. A player who a lot of you guys, just judging by when I tweet about him, seem to love him, even though he hasn't been in the league very long, but it's Adam Troutman. And Adam Troutman is a player who the Saints wanted very bad in the 2020 NFL Draft. They were willing to give up all their day three picks just to move at the end of day two and get the tight end out of Dayton. And when you look at his rookie year numbers, you probably say to yourself, hey, 15 catches for a buck 71 and a touchdown isn't, you know, you know, newsworthy. It isn't jaw dropping. It doesn't pop out of the stat sheet. But you're talking about a guy who comes from the pioneer football league of the SCS. All of a sudden, you're going from the FCS to the NFL. You're making that jump with no offseason because COVID basically just threw a wrench in everyone's plan. For him to do what he did while he was the tight end two and arguably the tight end three because Josh Hill and Jared Cook were both in front of him on the depth chart, I think was extremely impressive. And now the opportunity is there for Adam Traubman not only to show what he can do in a bigger role, but to also prove why the Saints traded up to get him because I think the one thing we didn't get to see, and I don't know if it was because of a lack of opportunities, which it probably was, or just not getting the chances in the offense because Jared Cook was ahead of him, Adam Troutman at Dayton was phenomenal with the ball in his hands. You're talking about a guy yards after the catch will just wow you. And at the tight end position with a six foot five frame, you want that. And Adam Troutman can do that. And I think now that he is going to be the tight end one, and there's no question about it because every other guy basically on that depth chart is primarily a blocker. I think we're going to see Adam Troutman take his game to the next level. Now, what is taking his game to the next level? I think a fair floor and something if he hits, I would be very pleased with. And if he goes over it, even better. Can he do, and I'm not saying be the same player, but can he do what Kobe Fleener did in his first year with the Saints, which is about 50, uh, 50 receptions for 600 plus yards and a few scores? I think that's a fair ballpark. Now, I think his upside is way higher than Kobe Fleener. I think this is a guy, if all hits, you're talking about a thousand yard tight end, if all things hit, and this is not for this year, this is down the road, but this is a guy with great potential who can be a blocker and a receiver and the opportunities here, guys, I can't tell you how many times I've stressed that the Saints need another pass catcher, need another guy to get involved, whether it's Jameis, whether it's Taysom at quarterback, whether it's Ian Book, I don't care who's at quarterback, they're going to need another guy in the passing game to step up. Adam Troutman's time is now and he can show that and I think he is a player who you're going to see make that big year one to year two leap. Now, it's not going to be Jimmy Graham-esque because what Jimmy Graham did in year two with 1,300 plus receiving yards was insane. And we're not going to see that again, especially from the Saints. It just doesn't happen. And frankly, they have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara catching a hell of a lot of balls. So that's already going to take up a lot of opportunity. So you're not going to see 1,300 plus receiving yards from Adam Troutman, and that's okay. But if he gets to 600, 650, 700, 800, whatever the number might be, but if it's in that ballpark, in year two, making the jump. Remember, this is a kid from Dayton. 
I really like that. So Adam Troutman's a guy for me, I'm going to watch very closely. I think he's got the skill set to be a really good two-dimensional tight end in this football league. And I think he's going to be an impact player for the Saints. And I know you guys probably feel the same, just judging by the way, every time someone tweets about him, you guys respond with nothing but good things to say. So I am very intrigued to see what Adam Troutman does. And I think he's going to take that leap from year one to year two this upcoming season. Now, before I get into that big what if about Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, because man, it is something that I really want to talk about. Cause I think it's something even, you know, myself included, we kind of just gloss over what we need to talk about. Now, before I do that, just some couple of quick questions I want to get to that you guys dropped in on the comment section. First one, would you consider a veteran defensive tackle like Geno Atkins? The answer is absolutely hell yes, because the David on Yamada news is tough. A six game suspension is one, a tough pill to swallow. And two, it's a lengthy amount of time. I mean, you don't really realize until you watch the whole scope of the season how much six games matters. I mean, that is a third, actually more than a third of your season taken away because of suspension, and it's tough. And the fact that David Onyemata is your best defensive tackle and you did lose defensive tackle depth, whether it's Sheldon Rankins or Malcolm Brown this past offseason, it is a tough pill to swallow. Now, that doesn't mean the Saints can't overcome it, but if the Saints are going to overcome this, you need to add more depth. And whether it's a Geno Atkins or Kawan Short, I think the Saints have to go out there and get a veteran defensive tackle just at one, have another body in there, but to have a guy that you know has experience playing a bigger role. Because I know we all love to talk about Malcolm Roach and Shai Tuttle, but those are really guys who, for the most part of their career, have really played in a backup role. Now, they've been nice in their backup role, and, and you know I think they can take that next step. And we've seen Coach Nielsen do an excellent job with the defensive line. But again, that's a lot. You know, Take a guy like Malcolm Roach, who went from undrafted, to rookie year playing a decent amount of time. But again, that faded out as the year went on. And then all of a sudden it's year two. It's like, hey, Malcolm Roach, you got to start the first six games. That is a big jump, guys. So yes, I absolutely think that if they go after a defensive tackle like a Geno Atkins or a Kawan Short, who will be cheaper, I think that would be a savvy move for them. As for the cornerback market, man, it is something that we are going to continue to talk about because it is a concern. And the, the secondary cornerback position is something that is not short up. Can Paulson Adebo be the cornerback too? Yeah, maybe it's possible. But again, you're asking a lot for a rookie cornerback. They don't do it very often. They particularly don't do it very often, even if it's not out of the first round. Like if you draft a first round corner and you get a Lattimore or you get a Ramsey, okay, you're going to get lucky in the fact that they will start every game and they will give you consistent production. But outside of that, you're asking a rookie to play a lot of time at the hardest position, in my opinion, to make the jump from. I mean, I know quarterback is the hardest position in football, but man, cornerback with today's rules and the receivers you face and the skill sets they have and the rules basically going against you because everything goes in the receiver's favor, man, I would not want to be a cornerback in this league. So the Saints need to add another one, in my opinion. Now, Richard Sherman is someone who we would not probably consider if you're the Saints because of his you know, ongoing situation. I hope whatever happens, the, you know, whatever is going on there gets solved because it's a scary situation. As for other you know, options, though, you still have a Steven Nelson. You still have a Drake Kirkpatrick. And then you have a fan favorite, Gary and Conley, who hasn't really lived up to the billing of what he was coming out of Ohio State. But you know that the Saints really, really, really like Ohio State players. So possibly there, um, there's an option there. And, and honestly, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the Saints have needs at corner, needs at defensive tackle. Now, linebacker, I don't think it's as much of a need. And that could obviously get short up with Quan Alexander. But there are some holes on this defense. Without further ado, though, Let's get into what I call kind of like the main event of this one because it's something that I've been thinking about this entire week. 
And honestly, maybe more than a week. I just don't tweet about it often because I'm not in the mood to just get blasted for just stating what I'm thinking on Twitter because, you know, it, it's tough out here with Saints fans. You guys just say what you feel and I love it. But man, I know I'd get blasted if I tweeted about it. So I better off just, you know, doing a podcast here. So for people who don't know, obviously you guys know that I love Marvel and they're doing a show coming out. It's called What If? And you go through hypothetical scenarios and what might happen in this timeline if this particular thing went that way. So everyone, that includes me, that includes every Saints reporter you basically like, is under the assumption that Jameis Winston is going to win the starting job. And he might very well be the starting quarterback for week one of the NFL season. But what if he isn't? What if Taysom, not Jameis Winston, wins the starting quarterback job? That's something that I want to address for this show. Now, before I get into all the information and all the things that I'm thinking, I want you guys to know this is not my opinion in saying Taysom Hill should be the starter. I am simply saying let's dive into the scenario where Taysom Hill is the starter because we're all sitting here and I, for the last couple of months, have been telling you I think Jameis Winston's going to win the starting quarterback job, but I think it'd be unfair if I constantly say Jameis this, Jameis that, and then don't even consider the other side because one, it'd be just really bad practice on my part, and two, it is a little unfair to Taysom Hill. So let's get into it. There is a very you know possible scenario where this quarterback competition is very much alive and what it actually is, a quarterback competition. Because what the fans might see this as and their perception is very different from the team's perception of this QB battle. And what I mean by that is if you go on Twitter, it's a foregone conclusion that Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback. We want to see Jameis, people say. We want to see if he could turn it around. He's a former number one overall pick. What he can do in Sean Payton's offense, you could cut down the turnovers, the explosive plays go up. And that is possible. And I'm actually, if that happens, I'm very excited for what could possibly happen, albeit I do know that there is the potential downside to, all right, the turnovers don't get fixed and this doesn't get corrected. And you know what? You're back on the market for another quarterback next year. That's all possible. But then I think about a couple of things. I think about the strong connection that Taysom Hill does have with Sean Payton. I think about constant, you know, constantly seeing people who I trust say, hey, it is a legitimate quarterback battle. Like, don't for one second think that Jameis Winston was guaranteed the starting job because that's not the way it goes. And three, the Saints do themselves zero favors from July 20th saying, okay, Jameis Winston's our starting quarterback. Or, okay, Taysom Hill's our starting quarterback. No, let this thing play out. Let it marinate. See who the best man is. And see if they can bring out the best version of each other because I think that's really important. And now there is another thing to bring into this. It's a report from the Boston Globe. Now, I don't, I'm not going to say put stock into this because I'm not sure what the Boston Globe knows about the pulse of New Orleans. I think that's a little bit odd, but Ben Volan, who's a pretty well-respected, you know, NFL insider puts out that from his sources, it's Taysom Hill's job to lose pretty much. Now, I don't necessarily believe that. And I've told people, you know, if they jump in my DMs and say, Chris, give me percentage. I tell them I go 60, 40 Jameis, but I say 60, 40 because there is that possibility. Now, if Taysom Hill were to win the starting quarterback job, what are the pros? What are the cons? I think there's more cons than there are pros, but there are some pros in the sense that you do have a more dynamic running game. You probably do have less interceptions. You probably do have a better red zone offense because, man, when you have Taysom Hill being able to do a power QB run or the read option per se, you do have you know opportunities there where if the passing attack's not going, you can slam the rock. And I think that the Saints miss that in the playoffs with Taysom Hill against the Buccaneers. And when you have a short passing attack, you can really just clamp down on that. And Taysom Hill kind of allows you to branch open a little bit. So that is a pro. But the downside, man, it's a plenty. Because 
For starters, my biggest complaint about Taysom Hill had nothing to do with his actual game. It's how his game you know, complements other players, particularly one player, and that one player is the most important player on the Saints offense, and that's Alvin Kamara. Because Alvin Kamara can do his thing running the football while Taysom Hill's at quarterback, and I'll never question it. But Alvin Kamara, the receiver, with Taysom Hill at quarterback is not great. And it's not Alvin Kamara's fault. I mean, Taysom Hill's screen passes are pretty much as useless as the Gene Lasagna. And that's just the way they've been for the four games that he started. Now, he could have corrected those issues. It's very possible. I mean, he had a whole offseason to work on it. But what we saw from those four games was a little alarming because your screen passes want to have touch. Taysom's were pretty much just four-yard lasers from right up point blank. And that's not going to get the job done. Another thing. Your, your experience at the quarterback position, that takes a hit if you put Taysom Hill in. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we've seen young quarterbacks just dominate this league. We've seen inexperienced quarterbacks dominate this league. So you could take the league by storm, but you do take a little bit of a hit in that department because at least Jameis Winston has started for those five years. So you know what you're getting in that regard. And another thing, and this is actually a compliment to Taysom Hill, the football player. If Taysom Hill is your starting quarterback, Taysom Hill is not your flex. And Taysom Hill being able to play tight end, wide receiver, H-back, play on special teams, basically put him wherever the hell you want, is a huge bonus to this team because he is a valuable football player. And contrary to what a lot of people think, Taysom Hill fills a variety of roles. And the Saints can't get to where they want to be without Taysom Hill filling out some type of role, whether that's quarterback, whether that's H-back, whether that's tight end, whether that's receiver, whether that's a kick returner, whether that's being a gunner on special teams, whatever you put Taysom Hill at, he usually thrives for the exception of being the full-time starting quarterback, and that is a four-game sample size that we had. So even that isn't that big. But I do think that we have to bring that into consideration. And I know, look, if he does win the job, you guys know how I am. I am one of those people who I am going to fully support everyone when Teddy Bridgewater is in, my God, you might have thought I was the biggest Teddy Bridgewater fan in the world. And then looking back at it a year later, two years later, Teddy is a mediocre quarterback. Now, obviously, if the Saints get mediocre quarterback play, they're going to be in fine shape. I've been saying this for the last couple of months. But with Taysom Hill, I do think it is a little bit of a concern if he does become your starting quarterback, you do lose that flex option. Whether on the flip side, if Jameis is your starter, you still have Taysom Hill where you can use him in a multitude of ways. And when you do that, your offense doesn't change as much as you thought it would from last year. Now, obviously, if Jameis Winston's your starting quarterback, you are going to throw a lot more deep passes than you did with Drew Brees at age 41. But when you have Taysom Hill in that kind of joker role where, man, you could throw him out anywhere, that is something that you've been doing for the last couple of years. So at least that part of your offense doesn't change. And when we've been dying for pass-catching options, keeping Taysom Hill in a flex at least does help out the passing attack a little bit more. But I do think it is worth mentioning, and that is a great point, but the, the fumbles thing is interesting because people bring it up all the time. Taysom Hill fumbles. Unfortunately, both of them fumble. Whether you go to Jameis, you go to Taysom, they both fumble a lot. Taysom had 10 this past season, and that's a lot for a guy who only started four games. And then even Jameis' last season had a lot of fumbles there. Turnovers are going to be an issue. And someone brought this up, and I think it's the best way to put it about this quarterback competition. Both James Winston and Taysom Hill deserve a chance to show that they've learned from their mistakes. And whichever guy proves to Sean Payton that they've learned at least more than the other from their mistakes will probably be your quarterback. Because the Saints have the weapons, they have the scheme, they have the complementary pieces. What they can't afford, though, is having a quarterback turn over the football at a high rate. 
So whether that's Jameis with interceptions or Taysom Hill with fumbles, they can't have that. So hopefully in this in this regard, iron does sharpen iron. And you do see the best version of Jameis Winston and the best version of Taysom Hill in training camp and in preseason. And whoever wins the job, hopefully that carries over. So when you're in week one of the regular season against the Green Bay Packers, whether they have Aaron Rodgers or not, I don't give a damn at this moment. You want your best guy out on the field at the most important position in all of sports. And that's why this quarterback battle matters. And that's why for me, I think it'd be very unfair right now with training camp just a week away to think that this quarterback battle is done. It's not even close to done. It hasn't even started. And that's a good thing because there's going to be days where Jameis struggles and there's going to be days where Taysom Hill struggles. But which guy's able to overcome that? Which guy's able to bounce back from that and show to Sean Payton that, man, I am not that guy who I was last year. I'm not that guy in Jameis Winston's sense who I was two years ago. And whichever one can do that, we'll walk away with this quarterback job. But I think it's really important for us Saints fans not to just assume that it is guaranteed. And this goes for me, guys. You know how many times I tweet about Jameis being the, uh, you know, assuming that he's the starter. So this goes for me too, and probably me more than you. We just need to make sure that we don't assume because if we do that, and it comes out that all of a sudden Taysom Hill's your starter, it is going to be some awkward hours for Saints fans in the Houdat Nation because they're going to be sitting here going, where the hell did we go wrong? And that's going to make it really weird for week one of the season. Now, I do trust Sean Payton to make the right decision. I do trust the Saints to have a very healthy and very productive quarterback battle. And unlike other situations where you have quarterback battles just to have them, this one's going to matter. And what I mean by that is when the Denver Broncos sit here next week and they start their Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater competition, I don't think regardless of who they pick, that's going to help them out. For the Saints, if they pick the right guy and either Taysom or Jameis, gets the best version of themselves, you are going to see this team be able to continue being competitive and possibly, possibly continue their playoff streak. And obviously that's what we all want to see. Now, before I go, if you guys have any questions, concerns, just drop them in and I'll answer them right up here. Uh, Obviously you guys put update on the punter situation. That is going to be figured out in training camp. That's another battle that we're going to have to see unfold. And that's an interesting one. I mean, I probably won't dive into it that much because obviously people are not going to be that attentive to a punter situation, but that is another position battle that the Saints are going to have. And absolutely, the preseason is going to be extremely interesting. And I know we're so used to having Drew Brees play one preseason game for about a quarter. I'm like, okay, he's good. Put him on ice, get him for week one. Now you go to where every snap, every throw from Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston means something. You have to give a damn for everyone. And that's exciting. I'm at least excited for that. And I'm really interested to see where this goes. Also, last thing, before I wrap this up, I was actually thinking about it. And I saw it on Twitter, and you guys know I love to tweet about this stuff just because it gets me going. But man, why does every day for Saints Twitter, is there something crazy that happens? And today, I think it was CJ Gardner Johnson, the fans getting into it. And I didn't even see what they got into it over. All I know is he was just tweeting up the wazoo like crazy. And then this man starts going on Instagram live. And I just thought to myself, I can't get one hour of non-Saints drama. And the funniest thing is, I think the Saints have to be the only team where their fan base and the players, and they love each other, but man, they beef like crazy. Every single day, I see something going on. This was a new one, and I just felt to get it off my chest. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this particular edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Now, if anything happens over the next couple of days, whether it's a Quan Alexander signing or something crazy happens before training camp, because obviously it's that time of the year, I will hop on here for emergency podcast and obviously talk about what's going on in that situation. But if not, you'll see me here back here next week 
you know, we'll see what happens then. Training camp is just a week away. That means we'll have updates and we can talk about all that good stuff between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. But I appreciate you guys tuning in for this week's episode and stay tuned for more content later this week for the Straight Up Saints podcast. podcast.